You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach, Andrea LaRosa, and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey. So I had an idea for today's episode. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we could do a little conversation about chemistry versus compatibility. That's a great idea because we actually had that written down. Because, yeah, I did too. And I mm-hmm. just realized that. But um, I've been asked about it quite a bit on social media lately. And there seems to be serious confusion between them. And I thought maybe we could just like talk about it and then like share some of our own like stories where we've been confused and things like that. Mm. I just went off camera for a second because I was just like smoking. I didn't want it to be on like recorded on camera in front of all our <laughs> wonderful guests. You guys, I do partake in marijuana. But now you of... just told them what you're doing. Saying it, saying it is a little different than actually them watching me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But um, so chemistry, we've talked about it. And what is your experiences with chemistry? Like, I think that, because you said it in an episode a few weeks ago, that um, chemistry and love is something that grows over time. So do you think chemistry, like if you see someone and you connect eyes with them and they're like, oh my God, he or she's amazing or whatever. Do you feel that that's real or is it just simply lust and just oh, you look good to me. I want to do you. That's it. (laughs) So I think people confuse chemistry and lust, actually, Mm -hmm. because lust, when you lust after someone, there's a sense of like fantasy involved. And I, I don't think chemistry and lust should be compared. Actually, I don't even think they should be put together Um, because you don't need lust in a relationship, but you do need to have chemistry. And I think that's a big distinction that people really need to be aware of. That while if you lust after someone, that's all fun, but that's going to fizzle out. That's going to just probably blow up in your face actually, because usually if you're lusting after someone, they're not returning any of the same feelings. Now, if you have chemistry with someone, then usually there's an mutual attraction happening right Mm. and so chemistry is not just having a sexual desire towards someone I don't know why we've kind of come to that point where we think like that's what chemistry is that's sexual chemistry you know what I feel like in the gay community sometimes because sex is how we've learned about ourselves and each other and our identities I think a lot of it may happen in a straight world too but I only can tell from a gay person um I feel like a lot of people, they have a really good sexual con- connection with someone and they think that that's chemistry. Like, oh, he makes me feel so good in bed. So we have to be together. We have to be the perfect match. When in really, I feel like that's not the case. I had, in now my husband and I, we have our own chemistry. We love each other. Um, we're very passionate in our relationship. But I've had past relationships where it was just, I thought like, oh my God, this guy, we have such great sex. I like, I feel like a whole different person when we're together. But then as soon as that doesn't happen anymore, we're not really talking. We have nothing to talk about. Um, We don't share anything. I I don't care about what he has to say, his thoughts or anything like that. So that's, in in hindsight, I'm starting to think, was that a lack of chemistry and just pure lust? 
that was a lack of compatibility. Oh, that's perfect. Mm. You would think if you were listening to us right now that we set that up, but we did not. That was just a natural like segue there. Hmm. That is a lack of compatibility. It was perfect. So you need to have compatibility to sustain a relationship Mm -hmm. for it to get past that beginning attraction phase to Mm -hmm. grow into something long-term. Compatibility is when your lifestyles match up. And I don't want people to misunderstand because I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people in general that they want a partner who has everything in common with them. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to do X, Y, and Z. So my partner should like to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that is not how relationships work. No, absolutely not. (laughs) You have to have some things line up. You do need that in order to have compatibility, Mm -hmm. you do have to have lifestyle choices in common. Mm -hmm. Um, It will be extremely challenging for someone to not have anything similar. So here's an example, right? Mm -hmm. You meet someone and you have massive passion for them, sexual chemistry, right? Yeah. Can't stop thinking about them when they're not around. You Mm -hmm. fantasize, you know what their kiss and their touch is like, even though you've had it, but you're still kind of fantasizing about it a little bit. So you get Mm -hmm. distracted at work because that person is on your mind, things like that. That's chemistry. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it at the end of the day, you're vegan, they love meat, Mm. like to go hiking and do outdoor activities. They're more of a video game player. Mm. Um, you like to travel internationally. They've never been outside the country. Or their city. Right, or their city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. That does happen. So, like, if you keep going down this list, right, multiple things on this list, and now you're seeing, okay, we don't ha- our lifestyles don't meet up. They're not matching at all. Can we find a common ground for them to kind of intersect at some point Or is this just going to be, you live your life, I live my life, and we just happen to be attracted to each other. Mm. So that's part of the problem. And, you know, I've seen with friends even where they come together and everyone goes, there's no way you two are going to work. You are Mm. so different. Yeah. You know what they do is they start finding new lifestyle choices Mm -hmm. that meet in the middle Mm-hmm. So they start to give up some of their old things and find new things together that they can share. Yeah. And that is extremely healthy, but that's a little bit more rare. Yeah, it is rare, but I will say I've seen it in a few relationships out here. Mostly, oddly enough, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, interracial relationships where automatically they're coming from two totally different worlds. So for each of them, there's something to learn right mm-hmm. off the start. And what I'm noticing is that they're together and me and my friends or acquaintances and people I know look at them and they're like, how do they work? Like, I just, I can't see them sexually together. I can't, but they have a strong connection. They always talk. They're always together. You see one with the other all the time. So there must be something said to that because I feel like if you're learning about someone, it makes it exciting because my husband, he's Irish. Catholic. I'm an African-American dude from like 
New Jersey, two totally different worlds. He comes from almost kind of sort of like that Kennedy world where, you know, it's Massachusetts, Boston, Cambridge, that whole image wow. and shit. Yeah. I, I come from like the suburban, I guess, black neighborhood in New Jersey that's adjacent to Newark, two totally different worlds. We would have never met in a social situation unless it was like a bar or something. We met like on a, a dating app. We talked for a while. But us being together and me learning about his life, him learning about my life has made it an adventure because there are things that I don't want to do, but he gets me to do it. And there are things that he's completely not into, but he'll do it because I like it. And it's actually made a nice balance in our relationship. Like, for instance, I'm not crazy about thrill rides, but my husband yeah. loves them. But in our relationship, there's been times where I've done something that had to do with like something thrill seeking. And then there's certain moments in that adventure where I had to fall back on him. And now it's created a bond between us because we share these experiences where I would never have done, but because I've done it and something happened during it, not something bad, but let's say I, I slipped or something and he was there to catch me, you know, something simple like that. I feel like it created this bond between us and it, it almost feels like it makes us more compatible because we're so different. Like, does that help with compatibility being so different sometimes and still have like we both enjoy traveling. We both enjoy eating out. We both enjoy live music. Right. Those are those lifestyle choices. Okay. Right. Your lifestyles mm -hmm. match up. So your day to day is your lifestyle. Um, things that are really important to you, like your day, you know, how you go about your day, how, you know, here's an example. I had an ex that loved to sleep in all the time, mm -hmm. loved the room dark. I like it really light. So the sun comes in in the morning and wakes mm -hmm. me up and I can get up early. Mm -hmm. And so like, as, as small as that sounds, it's just an example of a lifestyle choice that does not match up. Yeah. And if you can't find some middle ground on things like that, then that gets very challenging, you know, um, and it can continue to, it can continue in, you know, maybe it's that, maybe it's the way you both eat. Maybe it's the, um, the schedules you both hold don't line up. You know what I mean? Like it could just pile and pile and pile and pile on. And then mm -hmm. you realize like, we're not compatible for each other, but there's a lot of chemistry there. And sometimes that is when it's really hard to let go of a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I had someone reach out recently on social media asking me for advice about, you know, should, what should he do? He's been in this relationship with his girlfriend for, I think it was four years. Mm -hmm. They are extremely compatible mm -hmm. and they get along so well. They never fight. But he's really missing the passion, the chemistry. Chemistry has never been there. And so hmm. what do you do in those situations, right? When you're like, gosh, we get along so, so well. I don't know. I hate to give up a relationship that's so easygoing yeah. and fun just to have chemistry or compatibility or um, to have, you know, that passion. Passion, life. Right. And so that is a personal choice that you make, hmm. you know, but sometimes when people say like, I want to marry my best friend, and then they end up with them four years later, realize this is my best friend, but there's no passion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a best friend is just a best friend and they're yeah. not meant to be an intimate partner. Yeah.
I do find that that statement is slightly strange because I do not consider my husband my best friend. Like, he knows a lot. I don't even know if I have a best friend. Like, he's my closest friend, honestly, because I live with him. I'm with him every day. You know, I should step back a little because he does call (laughs) me his best friend. And I don't want him to hear this. He's like, I'm not your best friend. He's my closest friend. But I don't, I don't see him like that. And because of that, I'm able to still feel attraction. Still, when he walks, I see him walking towards me. My heart beats a little bit faster because I don't see him as a friend. I think you should never really see your partner ever as a friend. It should always be that hot guy or that hot girl or that hot person that you met. I mean, do you agree or disagree with that? Um, I think I slightly disagree. Okay. Only slightly. And I see what you're saying. And I totally agree with where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. I guess the point that you're making, I agree with. But um, I think you need to have a lot more come long term. And I'm talking long term, like 20, 30, 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. When you're growing old with someone and that chemistry and passion start to fade a bit. And that sexual tension that you may have once had starts to fade out as well. Mm. You need to be able to have someone that you can sit down to dinner with and Mm. not have to pull your phone out to be entertained, that you can have a conversation and you can still talk to, you know, 30 years down the road. Can you go out to dinner and have a conversation in a public place and have something to talk about? How often have you been in a restaurant where you see an older couple, Mm -hmm. even a younger couple, it's really sad when you see a younger couple, but when you see a couple out at the table next to you and they're both on their phones or they're just staring at each other and not talking and it's like, oh my goodness, I do not want that kind of relationship when I get older. Yeah. I see that actually way too often. Like when we go to Palm Springs and we go out to dinner it's always, it seems like a lot of professional couples are like that. Like you could tell they're like upwardly mobile or something, but they're both like completely consumed by their cell phones. And I do see some older couples where maybe one partner is on the cell phone, the other one's staring off into space, just like you said. Bored. Yeah. And it's a little, the funny part, and this is just an observation. This is not everyone, is when I see older straight couples and like the husband is obviously in his own world and the wife is just there with like, between a frown and like, I don't know what the look is, like resentment or just like, like she's thinking of something that she's not telling him. And I see it in, in too many older couples sometimes where it's like the guy is just completely oblivious to her feelings. Like just last night when we were at Disneyland, I saw this older couple, maybe they were like in their fifties or sixties. The husband, you know, he wants to still, appear young or whatever his wife not so much so he's like left her like walked under this gate under this fence it was like gone and she's like struggling he doesn't turn back one time and I'm just like what the hell like he is gone and she is looking around like where is my husband I would have been like hey jackass you want to come back and get your wife I mean, I would love to say that, but it's just like, yeah. And I, and I see that with too many older couples. Like, is that a lack of compatibility too? Or, or they just grow tired of each other? Or what is that? I think, well, I think that's what. 
be it. <laughs> you have to keep the spark alive. Yeah. In a relationship. So for a lack of better word, that's a lack of effort. Mm. You stop yeah. putting effort in, right? Yeah. And I think that's why people say like, I want to marry my best friend because I don't want that to happen. Mm. I don't want to be that couple. Yeah. Where we don't have anything in common. We don't enjoy each other's company anymore. But really, when you think about your friends, your close friends, you have compatibility with them. You don't have chemistry with them, but you have compatibility with your friends. Yeah. At least I hope you do. Otherwise, you may need to rethink your friendships. <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. and so, yes, like you need to have compatibility with your partner, but you need to have chemistry as well. And you know, if you want to be in a relationship where you're lacking that chemistry, the chances of you being tempted later on in that relationship go up tenfold because mm-hmm. you do need that. You know, you need to have that connection on different levels with a partner. And you're not always going to find that. You really aren't. And I know I've seen couples who've been married for, you know, 30, 40 years that don't have that chemistry. They just have compatibility and it's okay for them and it works for them. So, you know, when we talk about these things, everything that we're talking about is general, right? Yeah. The masses, we're talking about the big population of people. Yeah. We're not talking about everyone because I can't tell you how many times, you know, I put out a video or mm-hmm. I put up a post and be like, well, that's not me. And it's like, well, that's wonderful that it's not you, but you know, it's most other people, mm-hmm. most part, you know, it's majority. I do feel though, like the people that are first to say, that's not me are usually the ones where it's exactly who they are and they're refusing to see it. Of course. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if you reacted that quick to it with so much passion, you might have to rethink it a little. Right, because yeah. that means it's triggering for you. Exactly. Why is it triggering for you? Because exactly. it's making you face something that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Yes. so interesting. People are... They're so transparent sometimes they don't realize it. And I think that affects dating. Now, do you think chemistry can be uh, created in a way? Like, I think it can grow. Okay. So, you know, like when you go on a first date and you're like, there's no chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's a first date. Like, is there any attraction at all? Is there any potential there at all? That if mm-hmm. it's a yes, then go on a second date. Because mm-hmm. someone just told me the other day that they're on... Date number three, they just went on date number three with this guy. And she was like, you know, initially I was attracted to him. So I said yes to a Mm -hmm. date and I didn't really feel like I had chemistry, but she's like, now I feel like the chemistry is starting to grow. And so we explored why. And sometimes it's because people are a little shut down. Mm -hmm. So if you're a little shut down or if the other person has a little block up, you're not going to feel that chemistry right away. And sometimes you need to be able to kind of just relax into Mm -hmm. the dates or the new relationship that's growing. And Mm -hmm. then that chemistry will be there. Mm -hmm. So it it can take a little time. And sometimes people don't feel chemistry after a first, until a first kiss. I I have to say, I kind of agree. Cause I remember my first date with my now husband, it was, we had a good time. We spent four hours at this sushi restaurant in Manhattan. I'm just talking. And it was a week between our first date and our second date that I didn't think I was going to see him again because we just, you know, we went on a date. We didn't really um, plan a second date. So we just went on our our ways. And then a week later, um, I was going, I was doing a helicopter ride over Manhattan because I used 
I used to do, or I still do sometimes, aerial photography. So I got in a harness. We were hanging out at a helicopter shooting over top of Manhattan. And he decided to hit me up that day. He didn't know I was doing that. But then after my helicopter ride, we spent the entire day together going to different restaurants around the city. We went to a cabaret bar. We took the Staten Island Ferry to and from. We walked around. And then that actually is where I would say was the day I think I fell in love with him because we spent so much time together. Like I felt like that's where I learned that we had the chemistry. The first time I just thought, oh, he's cute. He's a nice guy, whatever. But then the second time, for sure. So I think I agree with that for sure. And that's what chemistry is, right? Mm -hmm. The wanting to spend four hours on a date versus just an hour or two. Mm. That's when you know you have chemistry. Do I lose track of time when I'm with this person? Do I think about them when I'm not with them? Do I want to spend more and more time with them? You know, I'm going to leave a date with someone who I've been with for like four or five hours and I already feel like I'm going to miss them. (laughs) That's chemistry. That is chemistry. I have a friend and maybe you can ask this. She, I'm not going to say her name, but she was dating this guy for a while and she liked him. Supposedly he liked her. He was married for a really long time. So this would break. This would be the first relationship he has after a 20-something year marriage, I think. He has a kid that has issues, um, so he can never be independent fully. So they've been dating. The guy never wants to kiss her. He's never tried to have sex with her. And she's kind of a sexual person. And she's like, well, I don't know if she's still single, but she was kind of confused about it. Like, okay, so we're going on these dates. He's attractive. I'm attractive. We're both single, but he hasn't made a move on me. Um, he hasn't even tried to kiss me. Do you think there's a lack of chemistry there? Or could the person just be a gentleman and he wants to go at it? Like, what do you think could be happening there? I hate to say it, but I would put gentlemen down at the bottom of that list of possibilities. I, I hate saying that. And I'm sorry, guys, for whoever's listening, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming it's just not that into you. I mean, it's that simple. How how much time do they spend together? Well, at the time that I last heard about this, this was maybe three months of dating. And he won't kiss her? Hasn't attempted to. But he he like hugs her or holds her hand and stuff like that. Oh, that is straight up compatibility only. (laughs) uh, That is a beautiful but like budding friendship but that's it yeah that's what I'm thinking no chemistry because let me tell you no gentleman waits three months yeah any gentleman listening right now is going uh no I'll be a gentleman and I'll wait like two dates yeah and I might ask yeah because do you think men are more primal and that's why it's like if they want something they're gonna make sure that person knows a hundred percent And I know a lot of people hear this and I hear a lot of women try to convince themselves of, you know, other reasons, but when it comes to heterosexual relationships, (laughs) men and women, if a man is interested in you, he is going to pursue you a hundred percent, even if it's only sexually yeah, and not for a relationship. And that's where the confusion comes in is whether or not someone is only interested in sex or a relationship. But if he is interested in you, if he is feels chemistry, or Mm -hmm. if he has any kind of attraction toward you, he is going to pursue you. 
with something, a kiss, uh, uh, something to show that he has sexual romantic interest, right? He's try and touch you in some way. Mm. And not just like, you know, let me hold your hand like we're like right. five-year-olds or something like right. that. Right. He might try to pull the whole, I'm going to touch your hand while we're talking kind of flirtatious thing. Okay. And yeah, so that... See, I was thinking that too. And like you said, the whole convincing yourself of something else, I do feel like a lot of people end up in these situations with guys or girls or people. And they spend more time convincing themselves of something that is so freaking obvious to everyone else. And I don't know why that is. Even in the past for me, I would be dating a guy and he rarely calls. He only wants to hook up at 2 a.m. But yet somehow I think he wants to be my boyfriend. And it's like, uh, no, that's not how that works. I mean, if he was interested in dating you, he would ask you on a date. I feel like like some of my female friends and even some of my gay friends make it's in their minds, they have men to be way more complicated than they are. And honestly, I don't think men are that complicated. They're pretty simple. If they want no. something, they go after it. If they don't want something, they put no effort. Simple as that. So if you're no, in a situation, yeah. If you're in a situation, the guy is not trying to um, be explicit, not trying to fuck you at some point. I'm sorry. He's not that interested. Men are simple. It's just, it is that yeah. simple. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we, it's there's really no more to say because it's, it's literally that simple and people just don't get it. <laughs> right. Because don't get me wrong, like. I, I understand men can be comp can be complicated yeah. because they want what they want. And, you know, some men are brought up from childhood to believe like you go after what you want and you get the career and you make a good living. So that way you can have a family and take care mm -hmm. of your family and be the provider. And it's just this like ongoing, like, spiral of what society has taught men which we need to start reteaching we really do um, but you know they are they're simple for the fact that they want something they go after it yeah but they get complicated and women find them to be complicated because now they want someone who checks all of these boxes yeah and that's where they get it becomes difficult. And so that's where I think women get confused because they're like, they're really not that simple. <laughs> they're not that easygoing. They're not that, they're simple because it doesn't take a whole lot to please them. But, you know, if you look at dating apps, the laundry list, all the shit that they want in a relationship. And it's like, mm -hmm. do you really need all of that? Yeah. <laughs> like, there do you is... need a woman to go fishing with you? Which is so weird. Thank you for mentioning that. I was working recently on a show and we were down in San Pedro for a scene. And there was this guy with a girl on like a little like peninsula thing with like water all around him. He was fishing. He was way into it. You can, I could tell she was there because, you know, she likes him and he probably gives her a good D. So, but at one point she was like, okay, I'm going to start packing this shit up. And he, I see her like make her way to the beach. Then she sits down on her cooler, doesn't move for like another 40 minutes. So he is still fishing, doesn't turn around, wants to look at her. He is in his list. So in my mind, why is it so important for guys to find a girl? 
that likes to do their sporting hobbies with them. Like, I feel like you should be able to do that either with your friends or on your own. And if she's interested, great. If she's not, why is that a deal breaker? Because seeing either, either or men or women bored out of their fucking minds on a date with their boyfriend or husband because of something they love, that's not really great. Because there's things my husband does that I'm not into. I'm like, you know what? Go do that. Have fun. I'll see you later. And there are things that I do. And that's healthy. That's yeah. healthy to say, you know, yeah. um, my parents are probably a great example who, you know, divorced when I was a child oh. <laughs> of not being super compatible, um, but they had massive chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, luckily, because that's how I got here. But my father was that person. <laughs> he was that fishing guy. Okay. He wanted to go fishing and he was that guy who would be like, honey, let's go fishing. and. My mother would be like, great, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would probably have been better if they just went their separate ways for that day, honestly. I have yeah. A- yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, like we had um, a cottage that we used to go to for the whole weekend. And mm-hmm. like when we were kids, it was great for us kids. But like I could see how my mother would just be bored out of her mind. And they yeah. weren't com- like compatible in that way. She yeah. didn't shit about fishing or any of that like she did it just because he liked it and you know I'm I'm not putting my my parents down in any way because Mm -hmm. they had a beautiful friendship and Mm -hmm. I am so blessed that I am a product of divorced parents who got along and we got to have Sunday dinners together and we had every holiday together and like my parents were just really really good friends but that's a great example of they had compatibility yeah no as friends yeah. as friends only <laughs> yeah. I kind of I don't envy it but I do I it's interesting to me when I see people children of divorced parents because my parents were married to the very end till death did them part but at the exact same time my mom and my dad has such a fiery relationship they didn't hit each other or anything like that I didn't watch them like in a but my mother was very domineering up until I I remember the last time I saw my my dad alive the weekend we were there she was yelling at him you know saying oh you're a piece of shit my mother she just gets angry she's she's a nice person but she's very 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 emotional (laughs) whatever um I said it to her um, so she's just said these things to him out of anger. People say things out of anger. And honestly, growing up, I love both my parents. They're both not great in their own way, but I did kind of sort of wish they would get a divorce because my mother was obviously not happy mm-hmm. in the situation. If she's yelling at my dad all the time, up until the last time I saw them, it was still like I was a teenager. You know, she's yelling at him, putting him down, and, and now he's dead. Um, but I actually, I wish my parents would have gotten a divorce because I think they would have each had a healthier relationship with each other and then with us, because I had a totally different relationship with my dad and a totally different relationship with my mother, two completely different worlds. And they, like, they had their things that they did together. They love to travel together. They love to go to casinos together. So they had things that they did together. But outside of that, 
I actually kind of wish my parents would have gotten divorced. I think things would have been much healthier. So I think there are some couples who stay together because of kids or because this is what we're supposed to do. And I actually don't think that that's completely healthy. If you're not compatible, if there's resentment and there's the chemistry is, is it's like this and then like all the way down and up again. I don't know how healthy that is. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I hear so often where people are saying, I'm ready to divorce my wife or I'm ready to divorce my husband, but when the kids are out of the house, I don't understand. Yeah. Why do you want your children to witness an unhealthy relationship? Yeah. Why do you want to expose your children? Do you think your kids are that dumb that they can't exactly through this facade that you put up and act like you like each other? Mm-hmm. You're coexisting at that point, especially yeah. if the children are young still. Yeah. So why not make the choice to go your separate ways and show them what healthy, happy relationships look like? Exactly. Because I'm not going to lie for the longest time. My husband is my very first healthy relationship. And every single relationship prior, I was like my mother. I was yelling at the guys. I was berating them. I was putting them down all the time. I will go from like happy to extremely mad at them in like 10 seconds because they're not doing something that they're supposed to be doing because I'm not happy. I was literally becoming my mother in all my relationships. I was never, I, I was shown two people together, but not compatible. Right. I mean, this is just, they, I could be totally wrong. You know, my parents could have had a, a passionate relationship and I've only seen like when they were in their bad days, but in my observation, it didn't seem like that. So Saying that, I'm just like, I really think it's healthier if people are mature enough to just part ways. Because I feel like that leads to domestic violence, at least to kids growing up with like emotional issues. I'm still dealing with emotional issues to this day that I'm slowly working through because of my upbringing. I don't want to blame them. I'm an adult. It's my fault if I'm still doing it. But there's no denying that my rearing is a part of my emotional makeup and how I deal with my relationships. And I'm just now learning to have healthy relationships with another person. I couldn't agree more. You know, watching my parents as a child before they were divorced, man, to get two Italians in the room together that are pissed uh, off. Wow. Woo! We're messy. Uh, yeah. Flying against the wall. And I can't remember how many toasters we went through because my dad would either punch it or stab it with a butter knife because he'd oh get my. pissed off. Well, like, Italian. Hot tempered Italians. Passionate. So, you know, when I was really young, it was intense when my brother would have to like be like, let's go play go fish in my room. And so you can't hear them arguing. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew what he was doing, I appreciated it nonetheless. Yeah. But I was very grateful that they had the wherewithal to know this isn't working. We need to separate. And it was a little messy in the beginning, figuring out who's moving where and how the kids are getting, you know, shuffled back and forth. But eventually they found a really nice schedule that worked for everyone. And it was lovely having parents that could have a conversation and can still laugh together and joke together and be around each other as friends. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's the one thing. It does take a lot. And that's the one thing I honestly feel like I was missing growing up. Like laughter and happiness. Everything was always intense and serious. And and maybe that's because we're African-American family and this is society we live in. And that's just a result of that. But at the same time, I'm listening to a lot of my friends. Oh, yeah. 
I would grow up and me and my mother would sit and laugh and watch Disney movies and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, my entire childhood was either being yelled at or like, like we were angry about something or, or something was pissing someone off. And just listening to these happy stories of these happy families, every family has their issues. I'm not going to make it seem like, you know, the grass is greener on their side. We had some things that were very happy. Like I spent my entire childhood going to Disney every fucking year. So to other people, that might seem beautiful. Like last night when we were at Disneyland, which reminds me of my parents, there was this um, Latin family or Portuguese, something like that. It was like three couples together with all newborn kids. All the women, you know, they look, they just had their kid. One was breastfeeding. Every single dude was not paying attention to his family. They were all watching a soccer game. And every time the kid would do something, the father would turn, sit down, sit down, and then go right back to the game. I'm like, oh my God, that boy is going to grow up with some interesting relationship. You were at Disney? At Disney, watching a soccer game on their cell phones and barely paying attention to their kids. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of my childhood. The parents are so consumed by their own desires that they forget Mm -hmm. that there's a child there that they brought into this world. Sometimes it seems like kids are having kids. Like, I feel like I was watching like adult teenagers I guess I fucked the girl and she has a kid now, so I guess I'm a dad. But they're acting like children. They're not paying any attention to their kids, not paying any attention to their wives. I find that very interesting. It's selfish. It's putting your needs before the needs of your family. If you know there's this amazing game on that day, don't go to Disney. Yeah. Don't go to Disney. Or just watch it later. Like, you can rewatch games. I don't understand. I feel like- That's true, too. But I think real sports fans don't do that. Yeah, they like to watch it live, I guess. Yeah, because guess. then they're afraid they're going to like hear something or see mm-hmm. something on social media that gives mm-hmm. it away. I get that. I understand mm-hmm. wanting to see it live. But then mm-hmm. don't take your families on a trip to Disneyland where you have children, you have a wife, you've got babies. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And I can see the wives getting visibly irritated with it. Like they'll look over at them watching the games and roll their eyes. And I'm just like, is that a compatibility issue? Is that because I know sometimes people get together, it's not for compatibility. It's because traditionally they need to find a person and have babies. So fuck compatibility. She looks good. She likes me. Uh, we do things together enough to keep us entertained. Let's have a family. Do you think compatibility goes out of the door for like people who seek traditional relationships or they have to find a mate through tradition? Yeah, I do think sometimes, you know, it's that whole expectations, those boxes that have to get checked. Like I'm at a certain age. I want to have a family. I want to be provided for. Do they check these boxes? Yes. And for some, it's a cultural They need to have cultural similarities. And so they'll end up with someone who fits into that, who can get along with their family, their parents, siblings, whatever, and just deal with that. Like it looks good on paper. They look great in pictures, but that's literally all it is. There's some people that are passionate about dating their own, their same race. Like they completely overlook like compatibility, doing things together. No, he has or she has to be fill in the blank. I will not date anyone if they're not fill in the blank. Right. And I'm like, that's completely, I mean, if that's the case, just 
close your eyes, pick someone and marry them. Like if that's how you're approaching love, I mean. And maybe they did. Uh, maybe they did. Maybe the couples did that. It, you know what? Maybe. I, there's this show. I don't know the name of it. And those of you listening, please forgive me, but it's, it probably won't be hard to find. But there's a show on Netflix and it's about Indian marriages. And they're, these weddings are the so. The matchmaker. The matchmaker. That's exactly what it is. And it's so interesting, these couples where some, you would see the, the son or the daughter fight back against tradition. And it's like, no, I want, to, I want someone I have fun with. And the parents are like, no, 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 no. You marry this girl, she's nice. You get married to her. And the son is like, no, I, I kind of want love. And it's so funny that even today with a lot of traditional like cultures, that the younger kids are slowly pushing back against that, saying, okay, I will get married, yes but I'm not marrying anyone. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life, you know, just some person that you're forcing me to right. be with or because, you know, it looks good and you get to tell all of your friends, oh, he or she met a nice traditional fill in the blank. Right. You know, I think that's actually, do you think that's healthier that they're doing that or should, I mean, we don't want to tell people I don't want to culture. step on culture. Yeah, yeah, right. We don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I get it. You know, mm -hmm. to some degree, when I was a kid, because I grew up in an Italian neighborhood and I mm -hmm. came from a traditional Italian family, in my head, I was thinking, you know, I, I can date all I want, but when it comes down to it, I need to marry an Italian man because I need to have purebred little Italian babies. And then maturity kicked in mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realized, well, that's absurd. <laughs> and why is it absurd? Because I can still teach children my traditions. Yeah. But how beautiful would it be to teach the children my partner's traditions too? Yeah. And to have them experience two cultures. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's a little, a little bit small-minded to say, I only want my child to experience this one culture and this one way of living, this one tradition. Yeah. You know, when there's just... In my thirties, mm. I decided to move abroad and like live in Korea and Italy and England and experiencing all these different cultures. I realized, oh my God, I'm a culture junkie. <laughs> I love learning about other people. Yeah. It's really cool to like, even simple day-to-day -day tasks when you learn, you do it one way and a culture does it a completely different way. It's fascinating. It's and so I love cool. seeing like little kids that are bilingual. It's the most refreshing thing to see like a little Either they're, they're speaking Espanol or English or they're French and English or they're native African language and English or they're multiple languages. It's so refreshing to see young kids growing up and it's normal to, to speak more than one language where they're embracing all these different, because growing up for us, it was very, we were in our communities. That is our community. We are only focused on our communities. That's it. Mm -hmm. And the world is so rich. And I'm not envious of kids that are growing up with bilingual, uh, not bilingual, um, biracial parents, but it's nice to see that, like, especially like half Jewish, half black kids, like, can you imagine, like you have your Jewish traditions and then you have your African traditions and you get to like experience both of those. Absolutely. That's kind of freaking cool. And it's, I think I, I, I respect people's tradition, but I think there's a huge value in us just really starting to embrace one another. You know, I think that's a really good point that you're bringing up um, because when you think of compatibility, I think people think like, well, now they don't have compatibility. 
but that's not what compatibility is, right? Compatibility is lifestyle, the way that Mm -hmm. you personally live, not your traditions, Mm -hmm. not your religious beliefs, but how Mm -hmm. you live day to day. So Mm -hmm. yes, you can have compatibility, you know, the, that biracial couple or bicultural couple has probably more compatibility than these people that you saw yesterday at Disneyland, even yeah. though they probably decided, you know, we have to marry within what we know and within yeah. our religion or within our culture or within yeah. our tradition or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Or I need to marry the person who can provide for me because I want to have a family and I don't mm-hmm. want to have to work and whatever, whatever it is you're seeking, you know, I mean, those are all not bad as long as you find someone that values the exact same thing. There's nothing wrong with tradition as long as both people value tradition. Yeah. 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 You need to have the same value system. You know, Mm -hmm. do you value, you know, exercise and nutrition and being healthy? Because if one person does and the other person doesn't. That's a little struggle. That is a massive struggle. Yeah. You know, and can two people meet in the middle for something like that? Of course. Of course you can. So you don't have to have it on date one. Not everything has to happen on date one. Yeah. But eventually for it to really last, which is why most relationships fail between that three to five month period, because Mm -hmm. that's when we really find out, do we have true compatibility and mm-hmm. can we merge our two lifestyles yeah. and what am I willing to bend and be flexible on and what are you willing to be flexible about and can we make that work and then usually it takes a couple of months to realize oh no oh. <laughs> I'm gonna happen yeah there's too much emphasis put on first dates do you agree or disagree way too much way 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 too much yeah I put I put my clients through what I call 50 first dates. Mm-hmm. So I give them five months and I tell them you're going to do 50 first dates and you should see the looks I get from these people when they're like, I'm sorry, how many? <laughs> 50. Why is that? I'm dates. sorry. How many? That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so that's why you get five so, months. Yeah. Dating has become your career now. Mm-hmm. Um, no one has ever needed to get to 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I barely ever see anyone get to 20, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And usually when they do get to 20, they kind of backtrack to, you know, someone that they met previously. And they're like, I kind of like that person. I kind of want to go on some more dates with that person. And that's usually what happens. Um, before I started doing this program with clients, I did it myself just to see like how how successful and how realistic is it? And I think I got to date maybe 11 or 12 before I realized like, I want to date this person. Mm-hmm. Now I went on to like date 15 or 16, <laughs> but then backtracked. Mm-hmm. But it's a really great way to find out if what your compatibility and chemistry is with people, right? Yeah. And to be able to recognize it right away, to just kind of kick out like first date, first date, first date, first date. And it also releases a lot of the pressure that people put on a first date. You know, if you're the type of person who goes on a dating app and you don't get a lot of interest and all of a sudden you have a first date and it's your first first date and like weeks or even months, Mm -hmm. you're putting a lot of pressure on that first date because you're just, you're feeling lonely. You really want it to work. 
you want it at, at least to lead to a second or third date yeah. versus somebody who's got 50 dates they have to do. And they're like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I'm just going to like blast through these first dates. <laughs> and then what you don't realize is that you're actually being you. You're just mm -hmm. calm and relaxed and you're just having fun and enjoying the company with this person. And there's not mm -hmm. so much pressure. Yeah. If 50 sounds, now that you explained it, it sounds more like I can see that where the tension eases a little, because when you think of the first day, you think, oh, because movies, once again, it, it gives us this illusion that we go out to dinner. There's a table with a cloth on it, a fucking candle. We're together. We're having Italian food and we're just hitting it off. And if that doesn't happen on the first date, there's something wrong with your relationship. And I think a lot of people give up on like potential partners way too quick because of first date. I mean, someone could have jitters on the first date. They could be nervous and feel like, oh, what if this person doesn't like me, which I'm pretty sure everyone feels. So if you at least go on a second date, you know that mm -hmm. that's passed. So now it's just, okay, now they somewhat like me. So let me just be myself. So if I can see that taking away a lot of pressure instead of us saying, if we don't hit it off on the first date, on to the next. And I think that's a lot how a lot of people approach dates. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. like, for one, I've been on first dates where I can clearly see that they are nervous and they are stumbling over their words. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what else I can do to try and make them feel at ease. Mm -hmm. I went on a date once where this guy shimmied. <clears throat> shimmied? Like, he was so shimmy nervous. Like he shimmied. He did like this little shimmy when he would talk. And I was like, oh my God. What are you doing? <laughs> but after a couple of drinks, he calmed down and he stopped doing the shimmy. And I was like, oh, okay, you're just really nervous. I've never oh. heard of that before. What the fuck is that? It was the funniest thing. And I was just like, can other people see us? <laughs> I think, what are you doing? <laughs> he just got so excited when he would like start to talk. And he couldn't help it, but his shoulders did like the shimmy afterwards. And I was just like, I don't think he knows that he does this. But like I said, after a couple of drinks, he calmed down and he looked a little bit more grounded and stopped shimming. And ah, but people get very nervous on first dates for various reasons. But we need to be a little bit more forgiving and flexible mm -hmm. with how a first date turns out. Now, if there's massive red flags, then yeah. hell no, don't go on a second date. Don't exactly. be stupid. Yeah, Trust your yeah. gut. Yeah, but. If you're like thinking, you know, I don't think there's anything there because I don't know, I'm just a little medi you know, mediocre about this person. Like they're really nice. They've they've got a lot of things in common with me. They're cute, but you know, that spark wasn't there. Oh mm -hmm. my god, people, fuck the spark. Pardon yeah. my French. Fuck the spark. Fuck the spark. Yeah. It will come if you're meant to be together. Yeah. So is it going to kill you to go on a date number two or three with this person to see if there is a spark? Yeah. Relying, again, way too much on movies and reality TV and The Bachelor and The Bachelor, all these shows that make people think that all love is, or, or honestly, Disney movies, that makes people think that there's this magical moment. Now, it does happen on rare occasions, I feel like, but it's not the norm. I think these things, just like you've been saying right. this entire episode, it grows. Like for me and my husband, it grew for us. And 
now it's like, I can't even see my life without him. Like, sometimes I think like, if we ever got a, could we get a divorce? Like, could I see myself dating someone else? I feel like we are so compatible. I, I kiss, you know, it's like, what else would there be? Like, it would have to be a guy that looks like him, acts like him, but <laughs> I guess, I don't know what else would like, when you find the compatibility, you kind of know. Right. And I think it just, it takes time. Like attraction is there, go with it. Yeah. If you find and anything you, about them, attract, just go with it. And you're right. Occasionally you get that situation where it's instant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a friend of mine was telling me a couple of years ago about how when she first met her husband, she, it was the first date. She's like, mm-hmm. I slept with my husband on the first date. We <laughs> knew immediately that is different. So mm-hmm. you cannot compare that to this whole chemistry and compatibility. That is a connection. Yeah. And very few people have a true connection to where you just know. Yeah. You know, have you ever met someone, just even a friend, and you're like, we're going to be friends. We're yeah. definitely going to have a friendship. We're going to know each other. And no matter what happens in your friendship, you always work things out. You always come back together. Mm-hmm. You have a true connection. Yeah. Relationships can have the same thing. Yeah. You know, and it, most people don't find their person that they have that true connection with. And that's fine. It doesn't mean you can't have healthy relationships. But occasionally, for all of those people out there listening, going, I have that with my partner. Like we had this instant attraction and we've been together ever since. That's because you have a true connection, a heart connection, a yeah. soul bond, yeah. for lack of a better word. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to find that. But when mm-hmm. you do, Good for you. <laughs> Don't let that go. Do you think it's luck or do you think it's someone just being open to option to what comes their way? I think it's being open. You know, being open to receive whatever that is and knowing that it might come in looking a little bit different than what you had expected or what you were hoping for. That's true, true openness. To a relationship is knowing that, you know what, I might find my person and they might not be what I had in my head. Um, so I'm just going to be open to meet people and see what happens. And when you meet that person and you're like, wow, like mm-hmm. we just we have this weird connection. I don't know what to do with this, but yeah. I'm going to go with it. That's yeah. being open. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I was like that with my husband because. At the time, I was dating this other guy. We had a great sexual connection. That's really all it was. Like, it, like we would be together intimately. Some fun we would do together. It was okay. But I was at the point where I was like, you know, I'm not getting with in another relationship until I have a connection with someone, until I meet someone that I used to say makes me not want to cheat. And when I say that, it, it, if I don't want to cheat on you, it means that I'm intellectually stimulated by you. I'm sexually stimulated by you. Like you're, I feel like as humans, there may be like feelings where we want to do things with other people at some point, because we're, we're humans. I think attraction never goes away, but if you find someone that makes you feel something that makes you feel secure in a way that makes you feel like I don't have to look for someone else. I think, is that compatibility? Is that seeking compatibility? compatibility that that feeling I mean think about it like you said we're human we're going to be attracted to people 
You're going to be attracted to somebody who walks by on the street. You're going to watch a movie and be attracted to someone. You may even end up in a job where you're attracted to a coworker, mm-hmm. which that's dangerous, but it yeah, happens. Very, very dangerous. Right? Yeah. But if you are secure enough in your relationship with your partner, then for one, you don't need to act on it. Mm-hmm. And two, you can actually have a conversation with that person to say like, this is happening. Yeah. You know? How many times have you been in a situation where you've been, so I had a relationship once and it was very compatible, mm-hmm. lacked a little chemistry, but we were able to do that. We were mm-hmm. able to sit and watch people walk by and be like, damn, she's got a nice ass you know? <laughs> and have these conversations <laughs> and know that, you know what, he's not going to go try and like sleep with her now because I agree with him that like this girl who just walked by had a banging body because yeah. I can appreciate a good looking female just as yeah. much as I can appreciate a good looking male. Yeah. But it's healthy to be able to have those conversations with your partner mm-hmm. or to not be jealous if you catch mm-hmm. your partner checking someone else out. It doesn't yeah. mean they're going to turn around and go cheat. Mm-hmm. That's all on you if you're really worried about it. Yeah. You're either not talking to your partner about it or you've been burned in the past that you're just really concerned that that's going to happen again. Yeah. And if you are really concerned about that, that's probably a sign that it's not the healthiest relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't absolutely. feel that way. Like, so I don't. That's, I, that, like, I see my husband attracted to other men. He, like, some of these football players that he follows, sometimes he would go on and on and on about them. I'm not jealous. I'm like, <laughs> if you want to, like, I love you. If you feel at some point that our relationship isn't what you want, then that's, we'll have to talk about that. But I can't be jealous because I feel like if I get jealous of every little thing that he, he's into or likes or wants to do that I may not be into. And I think it's going to ruin our relationship. Then we really don't really have a relationship. We don't have a connection. We don't have chemistry. So I think what you're saying is super true. It's like, you can't be jealous. You have to mm-hmm. trust the compatibility that you have with the person. If you don't trust it, then sorry. Right. You got, yeah. you got to be able to communicate. Yeah. Just, it's that simple. Yeah. So chemistry at the end of the day, like the same thread in all of our shows, it's (laughs) (laughs) communication and honestly, just knowing yourself and knowing how to communicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, I am so glad that we decided to have this conversation today about chemistry and compatibility because I've been posting it up on social media a lot and I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a really important distinction to make when it comes to dating and relationships and it doesn't matter if you've been dating someone for two months or if you've been in a relationship with them for four years Mm -hmm. you know to reevaluate you know what's important to you in that relationship is is really important and to communicate that with your partner is even more vital so yeah I mean we want healthy relationships for you those of you listening, and that's kind of the most important thing. The one thing we all overlook, communication. We're afraid to talk to our partner about things. We're afraid mm-hmm. to like share things with them. And that's not healthy. Not right. Healthy at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I would like to remind our, our viewers that we do have a new channel, um, our Patreon account. Is that how um, you pronounce it? Yeah, I think so. I th- I heard it like that. What were you thinking? I don't know. I thought or it was- Patreon? Patreon? Well, let's just spell it. Okay. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Dot com forward slash date 
smarter, sexier. For those of you listening to our show, we love that you listen each and every week. You stream us for free on your favorite platform, your favorite podcast streaming service. But if you want to take it up one more level and you'd like to watch us, we have our account on patreon.com forward slash date smarter sexier where you can watch our shows and you can even see up to three three to maybe five episodes in advance before they even hit live on our channel. So for for one, we have two levels. For the first level, you have access to all the previously released shows. So everything that's already in the public, that's out in the public, you can watch the episodes. For the second level- And they're unedited. And they're unedited, which will be like this video, because I, I know for sure I'm going to take out the part where I talk about me smoking pot for the free one, but you could definitely <laughs> hear it. You could definitely hear it in the paid version. So yeah, you get to see. And Andrea, we spoke about that. You're going to be making exclusive content for people, right? Like, yes. What kind of yeah. like dating advice? Like, what were you thinking? Just to give like a little preview. So a lot of our conversations that we get into on the podcast stay very surfacey, and so we're going to deep dive a little bit further in and maybe give some better examples and even do a little, for lack of better, casework type, a little case study um, yeah. so that you can really see, you know, we did uh, an episode where we answered questions and episode so some, 10 yes yeah and so I really want to get even further in into some of those and really kind of explain a lot of technical stuff about dating and relationships yeah, so. yeah. I think it's going to be not that I think I know it's going to be a great channel because it's awesome that we actually have a place where we could put, because we've been sh- recording every single episode. We just didn't know what to do with it. And we didn't just want right. to put it on YouTube because it's like, why not? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so for those of you listening and you want to support our show, we, we, we love talking and having these conversations that help you have a healthier relationship. Please subscribe to our new channel at betraying.com forward slash date smarter sex. And you can always, of course, find us on any of your platform streaming services and we'll be coming to new ones over the next few coming weeks and if you have any questions or comments you'd love to send to andrea to answer uh, she's a wealth of expertise about dating and relationships as she is a certified coach you guys so please send those emails over to datesmartersexyourgmail.com or you can dm us at our instagram page datesmartersexyour or andrea underscore the love coach um, or join our Facebook group, Andrea's Facebook group, Date Smarter Sexer, where the conversation is always going on about dating and relationships and the many, many questions many, many of us have about dating and relationships <laughs> because I'm married and I still am discovering things to this day on this show. So thank you for all the expertise that you're sharing with me as well as the rest of the audience. Oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. So. Yeah, yeah. Final thoughts before we, we sign up for this episode. You know, we talk about all of these specifics when it comes to dating and relationships, chemistry, compatibility, connection. At the end of the day, you just need to be who you truly are, your true self, and you will find your partner. It's really that simple. So with that, till next time, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast where dating doesn't just stop because you're in a relationship. 
To have a happy and healthy relationship, we need to continue to put in the effort. For more information and a free consultation from me, please visit andrealarosacoaching.com. Until next time.